Welcome to the Triple Confirmed Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I'm your host, The Baked Potato, a six-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is February 22nd. This is episode 164. Hopefully you guys are having a wonderful Wednesday day. We've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, the midterms have been continuing to shift around. Everything else still pretty much staying the same, but let's dive right into it. Starting off with our weeklies here. ETH and Bitcoin, as far as weeklies go, still looking quite bullish overall. Of course, we've been lacking volume the entire time. That's one thing that I do have a major concern with. Um, overall, our money flow at the moment is still pointed to the sky, potentially breaking into the green within the next week or two. But our midterms have been continuing to turn down. When we push ourselves a little bit into a bit of a smaller time frame, our three-day and four-day, which were looking very healthy and very good, are starting to look a little bit more turnover-ish. The market structures are still bullish overall, so I'm not too worried about it as of right now. But daily is showing some signs of bearish divergence. Potentially, if we confirm back down and we do reject here, it'd still be looking towards the 22,700 or even 22,200 as far as short-term supports go below us. If this thing's going to completely turn over, we could still be going and heading back into our 618 or our 0.5, 20 or 19. There is still some potential downside to come. What needs to happen for the bulls here is essentially being held up at one of these levels for that overall higher low and continue pushing into the upside direction, not faulting or changing our overall macro perspective as it goes. What we should be able to see here in the midterm short term in our four hour to 12 hour is some sort of potential bounce, lower high to confirm our basically our divergences and our convergence wave for the previous little spout starting back here on the 15th, 16th. And the problem with that is that we could potentially be still confirming a convergence wave for the overall divergences that we have starting on January 13th. So basically some sort of converging wave in the short term, take a step down, come back up, converge in the medium term, and take a larger step down. It's very, very possible. If you guys took more profits off on your long, up in the 24 to 25k range, you should be very happy about this type of pullback. And you could have potentially started short entries based on the four hour divergences, the daily divergences. It's there telling you that potentially we are coming back in the medium term. But overall, the macro is still up and everything overall is still looking okay. Now, if the weekly was to get rejected off the zero line, which is essentially where we are right now, bad, bad, bad things uh, would be to come. You know, that would not be good. Anytime you look back in the past and you see a weekly rejection off the zero line, it usually has a fit, like an absolute fit. You can see the last time it really, really happened here was August in uh, 2015. Came back almost a, uh, like 50%. Almost 50%. Not great stuff. Very hard rejection if we do end up getting it. We still have... A whole four days before we have a decision on that, though. Breaking down into the shorter terms, four hour, 
We are still being held up by what was resistance, now support, which is fantastic for Bitcoin. The alts really didn't have a massive dump, recovered a little bit today, while BTC and ETH were kind of taking a little bit more of a step down. Potentially healthy for us overall that it's doing that, but we can't ignore these divergences just because they are still in our face. Potentially, we invalidated all the previous divergence and just created a new one with this new recent high. So our best, our best bet here is actually bouncing off the 382 in the medium terms, which is essentially where we've touched and where we're holding at the moment. Bitcoin still has a little bit more room to go. ETH is already right there. Essentially, ETH sitting at 1600 for the 382. Bitcoin's 382 sitting at 23,000. Um, so if we can hold these levels, again, I would be expecting at least a bounce for that lower high converging wave, potentially back up into the 24,400, uh, ETH at around 1660 or 1670, somewhere in that zone. Um, if we come back up, we start to turn over at a lower point. Again, I'd be looking to take more off the long position, potentially adding back into the short at that point. If daily confirms down, um, then for sure adding into that short, try and write it down. Let's hopefully get our macro higher low and look for continuation back to the upside. But otherwise, again, just right now with the volatility and the chop and potential more bad news coming out for the stock market and inflation rates getting worse. It's just it's just how it goes sometimes. You know, these things have a, uh, there's a method to the madness. You cannot be one-sided in any time for any amount of time. Things always have pullbacks. Things always have recoveries, resets. We just need to be aware that we can take advantage of these things and then continue writing it off if it is going to continue to be bullish. And again, I see more signs of the macro continuing and staying bullish than I do basically full-on smashing and rejecting here. But we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks, you know, rejecting off 25 was the most potential bad thing that we could have done. Or potential worst thing we could have done. Now there really hasn't been a lot of strength in this rejection so far. We've only fallen about a you know a thirteen hundred dollar amount. But if the rejection starts to build up steam and build up strength throughout the next couple of days, it could get worse. So we need to be aware of that. I see Jay is hiding out in the back. <laughs> you want to say a couple words, man? You got something you you want to add to the conversation? Oh, what's going on, man? So some uh, some trickery going on here, huh? Absolutely. I thought Bitcoin only went to 100,000 or zero. I don't <laughs> understand all this uh, support resistance stuff, you know? Like, come on, man. I thought I thought we were going to the moon right now. That, that's what everyone was telling me about two weeks ago. <laughs> this week, everyone and their mother is shitting their pants. Yeah. But, uh, it's pretty entertaining how sentiment can kind of flip, but... Uh, yeah, a couple of things I just wanted to mention really um, is like the fear, fear and greed index for those that follow it. Uh, I think we're still hovering around 60, 58 range. So technically in the greed still at this point, I find it kind of interesting that we're still kind of hovering up there. Am I, I don't know, just kind of looking at that chart uh, and getting a good idea of like where we need to go. I'm kind of thinking we need to see like 30 again, to be honest. And just judging by past uh, like waves and moves, it, it would it would flush out a lot of the greed, right? Liquidate a lot of the people that are longing at the top here. 
mm-hmm. you know, and then make them overly bearish for a higher low to then push up again and screw them, you know? So it's just, it's kind of funny just looking at the fear and greed, greed index and kind of thinking on it from that point of view, but I could kind of see that just based on sentiment. So you said um, 30 or 13? 30. 30. Yeah, 13. Well, I mean, we might as well go to like 8K real quick, you know? Exactly. Dang, man. Like, wow. Um, uh, and something else I, I've, I've been reading about, it's pretty interesting, just involving like liquidity um, and how it's funny living in the U.S. I'm in like maybe like a little bubble because the U.S. just gets so much attention, you know? And there's mm-hmm. saying about how the U.S. is doing quantitative tightening, right? They're taking liquidity out of the market right now. Meanwhile, on the East, China and Japan are actually doing quantitative easing. I thought that was really interesting. And they're saying that a lot of the inflow of cash or liquidity is due to the East, you know, the People's Bank of China and the Bank of Japan actually adding liquidity in. I'm kind of curious on your thoughts on if you have any opinion on that whatsoever. I just think that's really interesting because it's like this is like what happens if they stop injecting that liquidity. If it's not coming from the U.S., then it's not coming from anywhere if they don't either kind of. Yeah, interesting thought. Um, It's hard to say, of course, for sure. I'm not an expert on how these things work. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when thinking about it, if the U.S. isn't putting money in and the Eastern nations stop putting money in. Obviously, you know, the, <laughs> the inflows are going to drop. It's almost like a setup to me in a way, because it's like, okay, all of a sudden China's doing that when China's always the, oh, they banned crypto, you know, and all that. Hmm. My thought is, are they trying to float the market as much as possible to get, try to get people bullish as much as they can before they rug pull their liquidity? I don't know, or is that, or is that just way too much market maker whale thinking? Well, I it it's always good to have these things again in the back of your mind, you know, and use them as as resources for what you're seeing and how you're trading. I'm not really trading based on it or at all. You sure, know? right? You shouldn't, you know, but it's it's, it's a, just interesting to think about. Yeah, it's 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 hard to say, man, because like China's going through some shit right now. You know, we know that a couple months ago, people couldn't withdraw money from their accounts. Mm-hmm. They potentially want to implement um, Bitcoin payments into Hong Kong now, they're saying. We're not sure if China is going to, quote unquote, unban Bitcoin, you know, because every time it's convenient for them or, or, it's, or it's profitable for them, they seem to, you know, ban it. And they're still one of the largest holders in the world of Bitcoin is the, China, is the CCP. So, you know, if America's taking out money and China's putting in money, you're right. Like, they could be setting it up for some sort of, you know, they're trying to push the dollar price down, essentially, and holding up their own assets. Mm. Or, you know, they're maybe trying to sneak that in where they dump the dollar and then they buy back the dollars cheaper so that, you know... yeah. Because they can exchange those for Juan or whatever. Yeah. Interesting thought. Don't take anything I'm saying without a grain of salt, but... Yeah, well, me, exactly. Me too. It's just kind of funny to even have the conversation. You know, it's like I wasn't mm-hmm. even thinking about that. But who knows how truthful is what I was reading, but I've seen quite a bit of it, so... But, mm-hmm. um... 
you know that that just leads me to think about this gosh when uh when does bitcoin not just completely dump or pump when i'm sleeping in the middle of the damn night and now asia's over there propping it up just waiting to do that to me again do i need to stay up till 3 a.m every day again <laughs> well you need to you know you'll you'll notice that there's usually two points in a day when markets move the most for me it's usually early in the morning and sometime in the evening maybe an hour or two after close. But it, it depends on what time frame you live in. You know, obviously, you being, I think, one hour ahead or two hours ahead. Yes. You know, I would say like eight in the morning and eight in the evening are usually probably the times that you'd want to pay attention because that seems to be when the most volume and influx comes into the markets. Yeah. But everyone's different. Yeah, yeah. And to follow along with what you were saying about some of these time frames, actual, I guess, TA to throw in, um, uh, the higher time frames, like uh, like you're saying, like not higher, I guess, but like the two day, three day, five day, whatnot. A lot of them are kind of looking a little bit like local toppy here, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of just just like you're showing exactly with your charts there, and it makes a lot of sense. I'm seeing that and many different uh ways as well too here with different indicators and it looks like we're just getting dragged up by the highest time frames like the two week is still dragging it up the monthly is really just starting to actually push up Mm -hmm. um a little bit finally after getting out of the depths of hell so it's like those those massive time frames are just slowly just really pushing them up but doesn't mean it's going to have enough power behind it to break through this resistance See that 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 I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like pushing them up into this, you know, kind of like almost double top that's potentially forming here from August. Um, and one other thing I just want to point out real quick: if you look at the total one, just like the total chart itself, um, and the uh, the age-old market psychology cheat sheet, right? You know, with mm-hmm. all the the emotions, it's actually quite entertaining. If you were to line that chart up, like if you took an image of that chart mm-hmm. um, and just pasted it onto TradingView right over <laughs> your chart, how it looks almost identical to like where we are right now. Um, meaning if it's actually going to play out like even that chart showed, which is kind of a funny thought, how easy it could be if that's all we had to do is follow that thing, then we still have the depression stage to go which would mean another leg down from here. That's like a slow, long, drawn out leg, Um, which I find kind of interesting because like literally if you just overlay that chart right over it, it matches it. It's crazy. Um, We already went through capitulation in June of last year. That that big leg down was the capitulation. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we got the, the leg up into, oh gosh, what's the name of that? right there when we hit 25k the first time i can't remember but in any case i found it really interesting the uh, market psychology cheat sheet you can just google it literally Mm -hmm. overlay that over the total and it looks identical right now which Mm kind of is ominous to me uh depression huh Mm. (laughs) again i just like the state of how things are you know for that to occur we'd have to see essentially global markets in the same boat you know, like Bitcoin's not just going to do that on its own. There's got to be some sort of catalyst, some sort of, you know, drop off with everything else. 
Like, it's not just going to commit suicide by itself. You know, it's... <laughs> right? It, it, Bitcoin will not drink the Kool-Aid on its own. It's got to be a group effort. And I just, I mean, these macro setups, you know, uh, especially as far as Total One goes, is holding up well. We're still playing off of divergence here. We still need a convergence. I still think that this is going to tick higher before some sort of actual, actual pullback. I think this is just inner day. You know, we're coming back, we're testing a higher low, and we're looking for continuation to the upside. Like the most, the pain, the most painful path is still up for the most part, meaning that there's a lot more, you know, liquidation money to be lost if we were to continue higher. Having these brief resets and these brief, like, overall oscillators um, coming back into their, you know, where they want to be, reset to zero gives you that much more strength for the next push. But I mean, at the same time, we've also. You know, pretty much since January started, we haven't had a lot of uh, red days. We've had, you know, actual red days, about five in the last two months. So some sort of sell-off here does make sense. Um, how much of a sell-off, though, in a short period of time? It could be quite a lot or not that much. And we could absolutely just turn back around and continue higher. As far as Dixie and U.S. tenure goes... Again, the U.S. 10-year rejecting exactly where we wanted to see it starting to reject at that 4%. And the Dixie still kind of hanging out in the 104 levels. But, you know, we, don't, we only have so much more we can go here. I really think 107 would be the tippy-tippy top of what expectation could go to. I don't see it really breaking through those levels, 106, 107. And it's definitely going to be an issue around 104 because we're already starting to run into resistance and it potentially seems like we may actually take a smaller step down first take another step up and then ultimately continue this trend to the downside s p as of today obviously took another step down today rejected up you know broke below 4000 came back up and tested it again rejected now we're starting to see some shorter term bullish divergence the money flow in the medium terms is still pushing lower. We're definitely going to have to see how it reacts here. But um, staying below 4,000 for a day or two, very not good for the S&P. We want to see us get back above that level and hold it. I think that's going to be the biggest thing for the S&P going into the next couple days. If it is going to see continuation, we're going to need to break back above 4,000. Being below it for now is okay. We obviously, we did close below 4,000 today. So tomorrow's open is going to be very impactful and important for going forward into this week. If we open up, I don't know, 39.50 tomorrow, we have a big drop. We, we basically, we're sitting at the 618. We're holding it as of right now. We don't want to see closes below it. And we don't want to see closes holding below 4,000. I think that's really, really the biggest thing going forward. If we can bounce here, we do get a higher low. We still have a very high chance of continuing to play out this inverted head and shoulders. Now we've got a second converging wave, potentially hidden bullish divergence stuff going on here as well. If we were to turn around and Bitcoin also in the shorter terms, potentially showing some signs of bottoming out here and turning around as well. You can see it within our three hour, four hour, 
one hour, that sort of thing. But I really think that it's potentially only setting us up for a lower high and we're still going to take another step down. So if we do get this opportunity, we come back into 24, 5, 400, something in that region and we start to turn over. You guys know what to do. Play the move. Either, you know, if you're if your trades based on daily, then you're taking majority profit up on converging wave. Once daily TC's down, you are out of that trade. And we can re-enter whenever we get daily back on our side. If daily decides that it's going to invalidate this downside stuff and we just turn up completely with the four hour here and we go for making a new high, daily never actually TC's down and we go towards trying to, you know, invalidate this bearish divergence, which would need to occur in order for us to essentially, we could break a higher high, but it wouldn't be very much, right? In order to fully break out, fully have strength and energy behind this move, we would need to entirely break this divergence, which, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it is massive. I mean, it's going to be very hard to do so. This first dot came in at the 100 level of the market liberator. It's right at the tippy top. So it almost makes more sense to just play out the div, maybe converge, maybe play that out for sure. By then, all the oscillators would and should be reset. We'd still have a higher low and we still would be able to continue. There's a very, you know, large support level in the 19 to 20. It's going to be very, very hard for the for the bears to hold, uh, to break through that zone. But to retest into it one more time, you know, it makes, it does make sense if we lose structure, if we lose 23 and 22, they're very real possibilities. Do you guys have any questions, any concerns, anything you can add to the conversation? New positions right now. Maybe try and enter at the bottom of the range, scalp to the top. I think for ETH that was like 1605-ish. Again, I mean, you know, tell you that you're right or wrong or what you need to do. You know, everyone plays this move a little bit differently. If it was me, you know, definitely, you, you, I would, I would want to see a little bit, you know, a couple more signs of turning around here first, especially because the smaller time frames are quite choppy. Still, it is a play, potentially, yeah. But you know, it's just you, you got to know that if you see lower high, if you start to turn around and reject some of these lower areas, you just may not get as much of a move as you're expecting, and to be aware of that. You know, the 618, it may only come back up to 1650 as far as ETH goes and then hit a lower high and reject because our, again, our 618 four hour is sitting right there. If it's going to play out to the downside, that's the more likely thing is that it's going to converge here, take a step down. We still have a lot of uh, fib lines left as far as this four hour goes since it flipped, right? Top saying at 1720, zero line sitting at 1500. And that could be. That could be our fate here. Lower high, take a step down. We could bounce off of 1560. That's potential for the 236. And then maybe converge again to take that final step down, do it in a three-step action. That would still leave the medium-term stuff to potentially play out. But if you guys saw what Jonas posted a couple days ago, when the markets go full bull mode, and ridiculous, you know, these these divergence, these divergences still have a good chance of invalidating and us breaking through to the upside. Higher time frame market structures are still on the bull side. So coming back and retesting into it for a second time, actually potentially a very good thing. 
We just, we haven't seen the volume to back it all up. And I think that's what's really important here is that volume is missing from the picture. You know, overall, volume's been coming in, right? And that's why we see the two-week and the weekly uh, money flow overall continuing to the upside. But as far as, you know, day in, day out volume goes, it's still uh, very low, very low. Just better than what we've seen over the past previous months. Be aware of that. <laughs> Appreciate that, brother. Yeah, anytime, you know, if you guys are on Twitter, if you can like our stuff, we would appreciate it. It help us out with the algorithm and all the good stuff. Helps you help us help everybody. Hell yeah. Get yourself a triple confirmation mug over on the swag store on tripleconfirmation.com. <laughs> all right, boys and girls. I think with all that being said, um, we'll do a quick highlight again. Medium, short terms, potentially looking for some sort of bounce here back up into the tw the mid-24s um, if we get the lower high potential for rejection again and taking another step down. Now, the one thing I do want to point out is that as far as this local shorter-term top goes, there's not really... I mean, there's there's divergence overall, but at the same time, it's forming somewhat of an inverse an ascending triangle at the same time. This thing may not be what everyone's expecting. Very possible, because we continue to top out around the 25K, that we are actually forming an ascending triangle rather than like a rising channel. And the goal here, if we bounce hard enough, we don't see the lower high, we actually make it all the way back up to the top again or even poke through, you know, we could come back down to 24 at that point but if we just continue to form higher lows, higher lows, higher highs, higher lows, you know, um, the likelihood of this potentially breaking to the upside is still here until this uh, pattern is completely thrown out. Obviously, if we hit the lower high, back to the drawing pattern here, then we can potentially break through, retest, break through, right? Lower high, lower high, continue down. If that doesn't happen, though, right, come through, we could actually be forming something to break us up and into the upside. So that's how I would see it playing out, regardless of which direction it's going to go. It's probably going to hit up here in 24 and a half either way. Um, and then it's going to matter if it gets, you know, support off 24, if we, because obviously if market structure here, which is at 24,200, if we get above it and we flip it, and then we hold it with the retest, then our likelihood of going up is that much higher. If we push through, we don't change it, and we break back below it, then the likelihood of breaking lower is is higher. So hopefully that makes sense to you guys. I'm not too concerned over the overall yet. You know, again, with daily flipping back down, we will have to change our perspective a little bit if it does. And, you know, it's just another opportunity to buy a little bit cheaper Bitcoin. So don't be scared. Don't be worried. Good things on the horizon. And we'll catch you guys in the next one on Friday. Take care. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.